Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode Again, I know we say this a lot, but we just want to thank you guys so much for sharing yes. the podcast with your friends and, and, and family and on your socials. Yeah. Uh, again, Some of you might regret sharing the podcast, though, after last week because yeah. people got heated, yes. if triggered. You if you haven't listened over to... Over a title. What's, what's it called? My husband won't let me shop at Target anymore, which let me just say, I came up with. Yeah. So for anyone who thinks... Toxic masculinity is a thing in my house. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, I laughed so hard because a lady on on social media was like coming at the title. She's like, I can't believe you let your husband, you know, you know, control you like this, and blah blah blah. And number one, whatever toxic toxic masculinity. That's a joke. But besides that. Uh, my wife literally chose the title. So. Because I thought it would be so funny to yeah. have clickbait. Yeah. And honestly, though, it worked. It, it worked. We had over 50. Like putty in our It was hands. like 50% higher listens just because of the yeah, clickbait. Yeah, probably people saw the title and were like triggered. They needed to listen. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, you can go back last week's episode. Also, majority of the podcast is not even about Target. I think people thought we did a full podcast about oh, Target. No. Like, I love Target, but I don't love it enough to talk about it for 40 minutes. <laughs> and if she did, she would just be talking about all the things she loves about it's it. Not true. the one thing she disagreed with. <laughs> it's very true. But no, I'm excited for today. So today we're going to dig into three signs you might be religious in a bad way. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I don't... I was just... I was really thinking about this on the drive-in to church this morning and I want to I want to highlight Jesus and I think so much so often in church we make Christianity church serving God about everything else except for Jesus or mm. we get so caught up in everything else yeah our focus shifts off of Jesus and so my goal and our goal for the podcast today is that you would do a self-evaluation and make sure that you aren't religious, mm-hmm. that you're a follower of Jesus. And, and let me define religious because I'm not talking about religion, the belief in a deity of some kind. I'm talking about religious in a traditional way in the standpoint of like religion versus, you know, actually serving Jesus. Right, right. Uh, if you're not if you're not saved for a while, that may sound like a weird title for you. But in the church world, it's kind of Christianese for like traditional to the point to it's a negative uh, thing, right? For sure, for sure. So let's get into it. Three signs you might be religious in a bad way. Yeah. Number one, you might be religious when God becomes common to you. Now, yeah. what we mean by this is stuff like you might find yourself saying, oh, I've heard this before. I I don't even, you know, I only come to church after the praise and worship. I don't need to go to, for the praise and worship. Or even stuff like, I've already prayed. I don't need to pray more. Yeah. No, I mean, think you about know, little this. lines yeah. like that. It, and it shows, like, uh, you've actually called what God has called holy common. Mm. And it, it kills me inside when somebody says that about a scripture where you're like, you know, somebody may come to you for healing. 
uh, and you begin to quote a scripture or read a scripture mm-hmm. in front of them and say, oh, no, no, I, I've already read that. I already know that scripture. I already know it, yeah. Well, clearly you may know it with your natural mind, but you don't know it with your heart right. and you certainly no don't believe it. it. Right. I think too many times we think the more we read a scripture or hear a scripture makes it less powerful. For sure. Or we we somehow think that because it John 3.16 is quoted, that suddenly it's not one of the best illustrations of what the gospel truly is. Right. Whereas you can read the same scripture a Man, million yeah. times and get something different out of it because God's word is that powerful. It is. And it doesn't even matter if you don't get anything new. Yeah. The reality is, is God's word carries power. Absolutely. And God's word is just as powerful today, in this moment, and will be forever until we make it to heaven, um, as it was when it was written. Right. As it was when Jesus walked the earth, as it was when David was slaying Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, the beauty of Christianity is relationship. Like, I think about our marriage. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not kissing you goodnight. I've, you know, We've, I kissed you earlier today. Yeah. Why do I need to kiss you again? That just, all that does is bring, uh, it starves a relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't kindle any fires. It actually puts fires out. Yeah. Same thing with God. When we're constantly saying things like, oh, I've already done that. Or yeah. I don't need that. Or all we're doing is putting out fires yeah. instead of kindling. Whereas yeah. when we repeatedly do those things, we're kindling the fire. We're keeping it burning. We're keeping it getting hotter. And it takes intentionality because there will be days in your natural flesh where it's like, man, that scripture didn't hit like it did last week. Yeah, for sure. But that's where maturity starts to happen. I mean, it breaks my heart because I see people, they'll come to church a lot and they'll get saved and they'll be on the front row. They'll be excited about God, serving God, you know, on fire in every single way. And then time goes by. And they slowly dwindle backwards and backward. Right. Why? Because what they once revered and thought was holy and thought was an opportunity and something exciting has now become common. For sure. One of the number one, right? The way that you can find yourself religion religious is making God common. Yeah. I'll never forget this story. I was in Bible school. And uh, it was in a powerful meeting. Like God was moving in wild ways. Like people knocked out on the power, like laughing, like people getting set free from depression, anxiety, getting healed. I mean, just like faith, crazy, crazy services. Mm-hmm. And there was a pastor's kid and he was grown. He was like mid thirties. And he was in the middle of this, all of everything going on. Mm-hmm. And he was having a conversation with somebody as if none of it was going on. Wow. And the pastor leading the meeting walked over to him and he kind of, he had great relationship with him and he said, tapped on him and he kind of made a public spectacle. He's like, this is what happens when you grow up in the anointing. Mm. You know, this is what happens. Yeah, it was common. It was part of his lifestyle. He grew up in it. He knew it. And instead of revering it, he became comfortable in it. And then he didn't revere it for how it actually was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And man, that, that, in that moment, that was like a shock to me mm-hmm. and it really like has stuck with me. I mean, that was eight years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. I saw that and it marked in my mind, like, man, I can never be like him. Yeah. And he learned, right? He learned from that time, but we can never be like that. Yeah. When we come to the house of God, we need to come with the same expectation that For we sure. did when we first got saved. Yeah. We need to not treat it common. We need to, you know, not skip 
first 15 minutes of worship and go out and grab a coffee yeah. because, yeah. well, you know, we, we worship every single week. Yeah. It just shows that Jesus isn't the focus when you come into that yeah. room. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about how it's actually this is more challenging for people that have been saved for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that when uh, new baby believers get saved, they just have such an excitement and a zeal and you'll often find like older believers and I'm not talking older in age, like natural age. I'm talking older in spiritual age. Yeah. will say things like, Oh, that's cute. I remember when I was zealous like mm-hmm. that, or, Oh, they're a bit extreme. They need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, give them a few years. Give them a few yeah. years. They won't be jumping up and down like that anymore. And it's like, no, but God talks about childlike faith. Yeah. That's why childlike faith gets things done. That's why childlike faith receives from God because there's that excitement. There's that expectation. God hasn't grown old to them. Yeah. It's it's almost like, um, yeah, it's almost like you, you have to work harder the yeah. longer you've been saved yeah. to keep the fire burning. Absolutely. And, right, to make sure, what is it, familiarity breeds contempt? Right. I don't think that's a must. I think that's a natural. It doesn't natu- have to, but it can. It, yeah, it's a natural exactly. leaning to the human condition. I agree. But you have to work to make sure that it doesn't For sure. become that. And but it then can. That's, but then that's the beauty of a deep relationship with God, right? So where if you've been saved for a long time, you know, and you've lost your zeal, maybe it's time to get in God's presence again and ask him, you know, take me to a deeper place. Let me get to know you in a different way. Show me. And I think that's something that, we forsake that responsibility as as people who've been saved yeah. for a long time. We're kind of like, oh, you know, but no, we've got to get back to that place, right? It's back to the basics. Absolutely. I think a lot of times it's easy to forget the basics. We want to try to be so wise yeah. and so have these like deep revelations of things that don't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. But really, if we would just stick to the basics... Man, who, what pastor gave you advice that it you should only preach on yeah. four things? Oh, in your first year or something of starting a church, wasn't there something like? Yeah, the, the, there's like twelve fundamentals, and I think I think it might have been been a Shuttlesworth. I was gonna say I want to say it was Brother mm-hmm. Ted Senior. Yeah, and it's pretty much just the 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 foundation principles. Yeah, and just preach on those until you're thirty. I think is actually was yeah. until yeah, yeah. you're mature in your faith, and then yeah. you can start preaching about the deeper things of God. Yeah, and you know, and someone who would be immature would look at that and be like, "Well, that's just silly." Like, yeah. there's so, no. But if you would just realize how rich even just 12 yeah. fundamental principles of God's word is, mm-hmm. you would realize you didn't need to preach on anything yeah. else. No, it's so true. And they are the root of everything. Uh, you know, a Joel Stockstill, awesome man of God, he shared this statement, and it's uh, spiritual maturity is the consistent application of the fundamentals. Yeah, so we good. cannot get mundane in the fundamentals, though. We have to keep on feeding it. And that's why, again, I, I just want to read this scripture. Yeah. Ezekiel 22, verse uh, 26 uh, official reader, could you uh, okay. do us justice? Her priests have done violence to my law and have. Sorry, pro- this is referring to like Israel. He's calling her a Background. she. The 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 context is it's a reference, <laughs> or really a rebuke to the nation of Israel. Okay, so her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean and they have disregarded my sabbaths so that i am profaned among them this was a correction right yeah. and israel had wandered 
and they didn't make a separation or a distinction. I love that. They made no distinction between the holy and the common. The things of God are not common Absolutely. and cannot be treated as common. Now, we need to be comfortable in the presence of God. We need to know the presence of God. Actually, I mean, I can even share this in the church, right? We target young families. That's mm-hmm. our audience oftentimes which means we have a ton of kids running around and sometimes it is chaotic Mm -hmm. and I've always done my best to balance. I want our children to feel comfortable in the house of God, in the presence of God, but I also want them to understand that this isn't their house where they take their shoes off and put their feet up. Right. There still and has to be a fear and a reverence. Absolutely. And yeah. there's a it, there's a, a balance that you can teach. Yeah. And I just remember there were several times where the kids were running around and I just stopped them. You know, because they were just treating it as common and mm-hmm. you know, we need we cannot th- treat the things that God has called holy as common. We always need to work on that. And so sure. let me ask you in your heart, you know, have you called these things common? Right. Have you changed your attitude? Did you used to be the person worshiping in the front and now you're just kind of waiting until the mm-hmm. word happens? If you watch me, if I'm in a service, I'm worshiping, right? If It doesn't matter who's leading it. It doesn't matter if I'm a guest speaker. It doesn't matter if mm-hmm. my service. It doesn't matter if I'm just attending a service. Mm-hmm. You'll see me worshiping. Why? Because I'm never going to treat worship common. That's right. I'm never going to act like it's not something that's significant. And that's just a conviction I have. Yeah. But it's a, it's a safeguard yeah. for myself for sure. to make sure that I honor God the way he should be honored. For sure. Yep. All right. Number two, if you do Christian things, but don't actually have a personal relationship with Christ. Oh, man. Look, I think this has crept into the church that it is more important to look Good. Christian and godly mm. than to actually be Christian and godly. Mm-hmm. And that's are religion. way more concerned with image. It, if you were to ask me what religion is, it's pretending to be something you're not. Mm. It's pretending to have something you don't. Yeah. And religion is gross. Yeah, let me actually yeah. read this. Matthew 23, 25 through 26. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. Man. Shoo, that will preach. That one right there. And I'm not, we're not sitting here on a high horse. Like this is an internal review for Mm -hmm. every single person. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you just got saved five minutes ago. There is always internal reflection of like, where am I at? Mm. Because religion is man's attempt to reach God, but relationship is God's attempt to reach man. That was man. cute. Did you read that on Pinterest before you got you got on here? No, we literally learned it in Bible school. <laughs> like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Who hurt Christian you? quotes on Pinterest. Who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm still pregnant is what's wrong with me. <laughs> if we want to get down to it. Oh my goodness. But you're right. When you, you're reading that scripture, that was the Pharisees. Yeah. They were more worried about people seeing them do right. Yeah. Than actually being right. It becomes all about image. Yeah. And man, that's a lie from the enemy. We forget how clear the Bible is that it says that while man, yeah, man looks at the outside, God, God God God's the one that looks at 
at the heart. And then remember in the New Testament, the Bible says, don't fear man who can kill the outside yeah. of your body. Fear God who he can, I was going to say kill your eternity, which sounds really bleak, but Just, you yeah. all know what I was yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a serious thing. Yeah. You do Christian things, but you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know what's wild? It, like I've heard a lot of pastors teach this. Like you've got 25% that are your like builders in your church. That's your core. Mm-hmm. 25% they're moving in towards that. And then you've got 50% that are just the goats. Mm-hmm. That they're just there. That they just exist. It breaks my heart to even consider that 50% of the people in the church are not actually Christ-like. They're just doing the Christian thing. Yeah, it's sad. It breaks my heart to know that there's people that they just check off that religious box so that they feel better. It, it it frustrates me to know that there's people that will never truly experience all that God has for them. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't change my life if mm. they don't do it, mm-hmm. right? It just it it's them missing out yeah. on one of the greatest things, the greatest thing they could ever experience, and that's a true, genuine relationship with Jesus. Yeah. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to experience Him. He wants to fill you and have a personal relationship with Him. God desires. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. Yeah, yeah. That. You know, even the psalmist said, where can I go from your presence? I can't, in heaven, yeah. on earth, mm-hmm. under the earth, anywhere I go, your presence is there. Your presence exists. Mm. God desires to have relationship with man. For sure. But it's crazy that man would rather, instead of have that relationship, put on a facade, yeah. put on a mask, yeah. Throw money in the plate when it's the right time. Mm. Lift their hands when they're supposed to lift their hands. Say amen when they're supposed to say amen, but go home the same. Yeah, checklists will only fulfill you for so long, right? Because I think a lot of people fall in the trap of like, okay, well, I checked that off. I checked morning devotions off my list. I checked this. I checked calling this person. I checked putting a scripture as my Facebook status. And we do all the things on the list. But if there is not, if those things are not rooted in a relationship with God, a pure, authentic relationship, that checklist is only going to fulfill you for so long. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And uh, again, this is just a religious check. Are you religious? Are you getting stuck? Because look, I've like talked to people recently and they go to a more religious style of church mm. than or a traditional like legalistic? style, legalistic, whatever it may be, whatever term you want to throw to it. But the reality is, it breaks my heart to see it yeah. because they're more worried if somebody's wearing a three-piece suit, right? Oh, my word. <laughs> no, We've no, no, had no. so much conversation no. on this background, uh, this No, topic. but I understand people disagree on it, but right? Yeah, there's you a and difference. I disagree on it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but there's a difference between like somebody literally like checking somebody off. 100%. Because of their outward appearance. For sure. Or something that they do. For sure versus like actually checking if they have a genuine relationship with the Lord. Do you know that if we were to do a podcast on that topic, it would be you and I arguing the entire podcast. And I so would we're win. not gonna do that. I would win. I don't know. If you'd that. like to have that. No, I don't okay. I don't, don't want to do it. Let's move on to number three. So number three, uh, the third sign you might be religious in a bad way, um, is if serving God is more about you than about God. It's about what makes you feel good. It's what kind of puts your conscience at ease so that you sleep well at night. 
don't do it again. <sighs> oh, my word. Where God is now your servant and you are the master. Mm. And that God needs to do whatever you tell him that he needs to do. Mm. And He's a genie in a Act how he ever, however you want him to Perform act. Perform like a circus monkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might, you know, scoff at me saying that, but there are people that literally treat God that way. Man, when people, I hear people sometimes that, you know, they, they're Christian, quote unquote, and the way they talk and refer to God, mm, yeah. I'm like, you realize you're speaking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. Who literally told the ocean that it may not go any further, that it has to stop. Like there has to be a reverence. Yeah. There has to, and, and remember, see, religious would say, here's reverence. You dress the right way. Mm-hmm. You use the right lingo. Look, I don't care how you dress. I don't care the lingo that you use. I care that you honor and have an awe, right, mm-hmm. for God. I, I just actually listened to a teaching from John Bevere on the He's awe the of best. God. Oh my gosh. And, and it's so powerful because, man, the whole podcast we're talking about right now is people not revering God. People that maybe once feared him, honored him, respected him, but got so caught up in tradition, religion, so caught up in themselves, in self-glorification, and in this world where everything's about me, 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 and I'm, I'm the only one that matters. That we lose focus, that our purpose here on earth Mm. is not to have a big old house with a white picket fence and our two and a half kids, right? Mm-hmm. That- we literally have two and a half kids right now. <laughs> He'll be a whole kid, hopefully soon, maybe even tonight. I don't think that's right, but we'll go with it. But literally, like some people think that that's, and get a good job and raise yeah. a good family. And yep. look, that is not- Again, the checklist. That is not the reason you exist. That's right. I need you to hear this. That is not the reason that you exist. Mm -hmm. You exist to be reconciled back to your creator, to worship him, to have fellowship, to have fellowship with him, to build his kingdom. And out of that, guess what? He wants to give you that house. Absolutely. He wants to bless you with a great family. He wants you to be rich and wealthy and, and overcome life. evil and joy and enjoy life. With and, your two and a half yeah, kids. Yeah, and your two and a half <laughs> kids. That's God's desire for you. But religion will choke that out. Yeah. Religion will say it's more about that checklist than it is about a real God. So number three, if serving God is more about you than God. Look at in your actions surrounding God, is it more about like you praying for God for things or are you praying to God to build his kingdom? Actually, you know what's a good challenge? And no, I wanna, tell me. I want to say, we, why don't you tell me? I want to say we got challenged with this and even in Bible school. It's mm. like, is, is it even possible for you to be in God's presence without asking him for anything? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to ask God for no, things, but a lot of ask. people, yeah. but a lot of people can't even sit and just minister unto the Lord. Yeah. Do you know that that's part of spending time with the Lord is us ministering unto him, not mm-hmm. just him ministering unto us, but us telling him how awesome he is, how majestic he is, how great he is. You did that in church today, yeah. actually, I've, when God, you transitioned like service. Moved, man. And was... immediately you felt like a shift in the anointing because mm-hmm. the moment you start to like lift God up. But what was so cool in that moment was none of us were asking God for anything. We were telling him how awesome mm-hmm. he is, how great he is. 
and his anointing was so powerful. A lot of people can't do that though. Mm. A lot of people can't actually sit in the presence of God and just literally worship him. I'm so excited about this okay. because I've had a revelation okay, and I it. didn't know where it fit or where now I could put it. Well, and I've been sitting wow. on this thing. Would you look how uh, the Lord uses I, us I, to do a podcast I've just been together? Sitting on this thing, and I'm like, man, I need to tell somebody about this. But like, look, okay, I've been reading the story. Uh, well, I, I I listened to the Book of Judges uh, in one setting, and it was awesome. And I was listening about Samson. Okay. Okay. And Samson had this gift. Okay. Okay, of strength. Mm-hmm. And he was always tempted by this females, females, but in this, yeah, in this point, it was Delilah Mm -hmm. and she kept coming back and asking him, which by the way, we named our dog in South Africa, Delilah. I just thought that was funny. That witch, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, and it's crazy because she kept testing his gift. Yeah, she did. Mm Mm-hmm. And saying, well, what makes you so strong? She was almost like fascinated something. with yeah, it. She was. In, it, but what? this is so crazy. There's a line in the Bible that says, because each night she would ask, what makes you strong? And he would make up another lie. Right. And he'd make up another lie. And the last one, okay, he gave her the truth that if he, she shaved his head, mm-hmm. that he would lose his strength. Mm-hmm. And she shaved his head. And he woke up. And the Bible says this line, and he did not know the presence of God had left him. Oh, wow. Until he got up and tried to use his gift. And it, the Lord gave me this revelation. Wow. Do not wait to know my presence only when I'm operating in the gift I gave you. Wow. The you should not only be stepping into my presence when you have your gift ultimately. That you should know my presence outside your gift like David, right? David knew the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. David knew the presence of God before he had anything. That's what sustained him. That's what kept him. That's what led him. Yeah, I feel like when Sa- David opened his eyes in the morning, he yeah. knew the presence of God. Samson was the opposite. Wow. He only knew the presence of God when, when God his was gift was activated. Wow. How many ministers, how many people rely on the gift? Because the gift is irrevocable, mm-hmm. right? And they say, look at my gift. It still works. And they're not in his presence. Look, God's still endorsing me. I still have my gift. How many people only know God when their gift is going? And if we're truly serving God, we need to know God outside of our gift. We need to know God in every moment of every day. He needs to be our first thought when we wake up. He needs to be our last thought when we go to bed. He needs to be who's leading us, who's guiding us. Do not miss this. God wants to know you. And the best way to keep yourself from being religious is to get into his presence and allow him to change your your heart, to change your mind, and establish a real relationship with him. So look, I hope that challenged you today. Go through the checklist, make some adjustments. We'd love to hear feedback from you. What are some other ways that you can mark and say, that's religion, not Jesus? We love you guys. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. 
Remember, we have new content coming out every single week. If you know of someone who could benefit from this podcast, we would love for you to share it on your social media as well as going ahead and leaving us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.